what a beautiful way to start our Christmas season here at Connections, right? Can you help me give the Lord a great hand of praise and appreciation this morning? He alone is worthy of all praise and welcome to Christmas at Connections. I, I can't believe it's December 5th, which means you've got 20 days and counting, right? How many of you have all your shopping done already? Let me see your hands if that's the case. Uh, hold, hold them up. Uh, look, look at there. We got like four people, and they're all women. Who, who would have guessed that, right? You know, so uh, how many of you are like me, and, and December 24th is the day to get it done? Yeah, there's a few of us procrastinators in here. Now, we're, we're making plans, right? We got, we got ideas, but we just haven't quite got there yet. So welcome to Christmas, man. We are so excited. And, 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 and home for Christmas is the, the rallying theme of our, our season this year at Connections Church. And, and that's been a long time sentiment uh, uh, around Christmas time. That, that's why you, you see, see this uh, movies with those themes and, and you hear, hear songs with those things. How many of you remember one of Elvis' biggest hits is, I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. You know, only Elvis can really get it, but <laughs> I certainly can't. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying, so give me a break. I'll be home for Christmas. Another big Christmas song is There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. And it's, and it's mostly good to be at home for, for most people with, with family at Christmas time. You know, the, the, the ideal Christmas uh, is renewed relations, seeing old, old friends and family members and good food. How many say amen to that, right? You know, church people like to do our eating for sure. Uh, smiles on, on all the faces. There's a, a fire in the fireplace and you're, you're sitting in the, in the living room and opening gifts by the Christmas tree and Perry Como or Elvis is singing in the background. And so you've got Como, you've got Coco, you've got cookies and, and kids. That's, that's a Christmas right out of Norman Rockwell's paintings, right? Very nice. Very nice. But today I want to talk about something even better than that. And some of you are saying, what, what could be better than that? And that is what it really means to be home for Christmas. I mean, really at home. If you're taking notes, write this down. Our true home for the holidays, the holy days and beyond. It's, it's all wrapped up in the biblical Christmas account of Jesus coming to rescue us. We've already been singing about that in our, our worship time and music. So, so truth number one today is simply this. If you are taking notes, write this down, is that God created the family and the home. It was his idea. He's the one that said, you know what? I want to put together this thing called family. And I want to create these things called home, both our individual families and the greater family of God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, tells us something very powerful and profound. It says this. If you don't believe what I just made as that opening statement, it says, God is the one. I love, I love when it starts that way. It tells us right off the bat who the author is, who is the creator, who the one is that said, you know what, this is what I want to see happen. It says, God is the one who made all things, and all things are made for his glory. And then it goes on and says, he wanted to have many children to share his glory. Don't you love that, that verse? Many children. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, you're one of those children? Turn back to him and say, you're part of the family. That God is the father. 
And he said, guess what? I want to father many kids. I want to have a big family. So he said, I'm going to create all of you and so many more. You know, the reality is we long for home, something inside of us. We were created. We were built to long for a place called home. God created us, as we just read, for family and for home. And when we have, have any good memories of a home growing up, we long for that. Now, now this time of the year, it always elicits thoughts and memories and, and feelings that, that rise up inside of us. And I'm just going to share one of mine. At Christmas time, it was always one of our family traditions to gather at my dad's parents' house, as we called her Granny. Anybody still use that term? <laughs> not, not. It's always Nina, Pop Pop, Mary Go Round. I don't know. You come up with all these crazy. But it was Granny, Granny and Pawpaw's house. And, and the crazy thing about it was we had this, this good-sized family with, with all the aunts and uncles and cousins like, like most people have. And, and all of us gathered at Granny's house, which was a four-room mill house over in, where am I from? There you go. Over in South Gastonia. And I mean, we would pack that little place out, man, linoleum on the floor that was barely there anymore, just the walls not insulated. All they had was a little oil furnace in the corner of the living room. A big back porch that spanned across the, the 30, 40 foot wide, you know, berth of the house. And we would have about 40 or 50 people packed in there, smelling that ham cooking, sneaking in there and taking a little piece to sample it, you know, before it was ready to be served to everyone else. That little scraggly Christmas tree back in, in Granny and Papa's bedroom where they would set it up because there wasn't much room in the living room to put it. And when the time come to open up the gifts, man, we would all pack in that little bedroom around that scraggly tree with some tinsel on it. And there's tinsel all over this building now after yesterday. So you'd be getting tinsel out of your hair when you go home like, where'd this come from? See, some right here on the platform, man, tinsel everywhere. We would pack in that little bedroom and man, we would celebrate Christmas as a family. And I remember after... Papa passed, and years later, Granny went home to be with the Lord, too. I remember as an adult, the, the family ended up selling that, that house to a, a church that was behind it, a little Baptist church over in Gastonia. I remember as an adult, riding through there and just stopping in front of the house because they just left it sitting empty for a couple of years, parking my, my truck in front of that house and just sitting there looking. And going back in my mind at all the times we gathered at that little mill house of Granny and Papa. And I'm going to tell you something. To this day, I still think about those times. And the church finally tore the house down and cleared it for more parking that they needed. And I don't begrudge them for that. But I'll tell you something, something you might think even crazier. There have been times since they tore the house down that I would drive by there, stop and park in front of that empty lot, and sit there and recount those memories of home and family. I'm going to tell you something. Those things do something to us. And, and I understand. I understand that a lot of people don't necessarily have that right now. They, they, they may never have had that. And that's tough. 
Because as we're walking through that and people are talking about the season and, and memories and family gatherings, there's, there's many people that say, you know what, I've never had that experience in my life. I've never known what it was like to be a part of a family. I've never had a secure and stable home environment. Man, how heartbreaking is that? And yet people today live in that manner. One of the saddest things, being a part of adoption and, and, and bringing a child into our home, and, and man, what a blessing that's been, and also what a challenge that is. But, but one of the sad things that breaks my heart today to hear about is, is all these kids that age out of the system and never get adopted into a family. And maybe we're in a family where, where it wasn't all love and, and good memories and great feelings and safety and security and you had some tough times growing up and, and there were all kind of crazy things happening and dysfunction in your family. And, and so this doesn't mean anything to you because you've never known that. But I guarantee you this, everybody deep down longs for that. And what we're really longing for is to be at home. And whether we realize it or not, not just to be at home at Granny's again or, or, or Mama and Papa's or whatever you call them or Aunt and Uncle Joe, whatever you gathered at, but our ultimate desire and longing is to be at home with the Lord. So the question is this, where is your home? And since you brought that question up and asked it, by the way, great question, the answer is simply this, where Jesus Christ is, is our ultimate real true home. To be where Christ is, that's really what it means to be home for the holidays and every day. Now, let's go back to that cozy scene in the living room I described a few moments ago. Shall we? <laughs> Underneath the cheerful surface, maybe not everything is all that great. Coco and Como and Christmas presents. Because possibly your sister and your brother-in-law have been fighting for months and their marriage is on the rocks and in big trouble. Could be that their son is, is doing drugs and, and their daughter maybe has anorexia. Maybe Aunt Alice, she's been diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's. And all those Christmas presents you bought, now get this. Maybe the credit card bills are coming very soon. You know, January seems to roll into a new year, but it also brings some trouble with it if we aren't careful, right? Because those credit card bills where we charged everything for that Merry Christmas are now coming due. And we have to pay them. And it could be that next week the doctor is going to tell you that you have diabetes. Happy holidays, right? <laughs> joy to the world but even more than that there's this thing called sin and guilt rolling around in the back of your head and your heart squeezing in in between the presence and the music maybe the thoughts that you you have had you shouldn't have had because after all you are a Christian right Maybe some of the words that you've spoken here recently you deeply regret. Maybe the difference between what you should have said and what you did actually say shouldn't have been said at all. And man, you're feeling guilt and, and remorse over that. So, so you begin to think to yourself in the happiest time of the year, man, what a mess my life is. That Norman Rockwell scene that we painted earlier just isn't the way it is at your house or in your life. And so what happens then, we begin to question, where is God in all of this? Maybe just possibly you haven't been feeling too close to him lately. Maybe your prayer life stinks or is non-existent. Maybe you feel like you're just going through the motions. So what does God think of me and what kind of Christian I have been here recently? 
You see, what begins to happen is conviction sets in, and that old conscience is still active, and amidst the cookies and the cocoa, here at the most wonderful time of the year, things just aren't that happy and jolly in your life. Christmas 2021. So where do we go? Because this leads to the second truth, and that's simply this, if you're taking notes. Man really grinched all this up, didn't we? <laughs> well, it really screwed it up good this time, right? <laughs> Ebenezer? And we all know, we've talked about it numerous times, that the first family blew it big time when they sinned in the garden. And the destruction and dysfunction of sin continues with us today. If you do not believe me, and I want you to look at me for just a moment, if you've drifted somewhere else, please come back to the room here. If you do not believe me, then let me ask you this question. How many of you right now have some family struggle going on in your family? How many of you right now are experiencing some brokenness in your life and in your relationships? Maybe, maybe some hurt right now. Possibly broken relationships, broken promises, broken families, equaling broken lives. How many of you are dealing with that right now in your current state of affairs in your life? Because if you are, the reality is where brokenness comes from is sin. You can trace it all back to sin every single time. And God knew that. God knew it from the very first sin that was committed in the garden when Eve took of the fruit and handed it to her husband, Adam. And all this brokenness that we experience that comes from the root of sin always is magnified here at the holidays, right? Because what we think is our neighbor isn't experiencing anything like that. Look how happy and jolly they are. Look how wonderful things are for them. Why can't it be like that for me? And so what happens is, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we play the comparison game and we compare what's going on in our lives and our family to that happy, wonderful, jolly family right over there across the room at church or across the street in our neighborhood. And we think, why? Why is it like that for us? And why do they have it so good? To be gut level honest with you, many people are struggling big time right now from all the brokenness, all the hurt, the fruit of the sins that have been committed. And I guarantee you this, right here in this living room, as we'll call it, people are hurting and broken today, right now. And even those that are watching us across the streams are feeling that same hurt and brokenness many are and because of that many are unable to enjoy a merry and fulfilling Christmas and that's not what it's all about is it that's not what life is supposed to be they can't experience that merry Christmas much less merry lives how many of you say I want to live a merry life I'm going to just throw this out there. You and I were posed a question this week that we are posed every week, multiple times each week. And that is simply something along the lines of this. How are you doing today? How are things going for you? How are you? You've heard that. Did you? Let me see your hand. If someone asks you that, could be your spouse, could be a coworker, could be a neighbor, could be a friend, 
could be a stranger that you just walk past in Walmart and you smile at each other and say, hey, how's it going today? But I guarantee, I guarantee it, every one of us were posed that question this past week. And I guarantee you this, we're going to be posed that same question in the coming week. And so how do we answer that? Typically what we do is give this just rote answer that we don't even put any thought behind. We don't even really mean half the time. We don't even know what we're saying and just automatically say, fine, how are you? Right? Great, how are you? Something along those lines of fine, good, great, I'm doing just well, perfect, wonderful, hunky-dory, yep, see you later. But I don't want to just answer like that. I love answering people, man, I am doing fantastic. How are you? And I mean it. I want to mean it because no matter what's going on around me, the joy of the Lord is my strength, is my life, is my everything. So when someone asks me that question, no matter all hell that's breaking loose, I can look at them and say, I am doing great. Man, all this light and temporary stuff is just passing by and it's going to be gone. And I am going to be with Jesus forever. And until that comes, he is with me forever. So that's the reality of it. Many people are struggling. Many people could not answer that question truthfully and say, I am doing wonderful. I am doing great. My life is full of merry and joy and happiness. And why is that? And I'm talking about mostly the church right now. People who claim to follow Christ and yet they do not have the joy of the Lord pouring out of their lives and overflowing their lives. Why is that? Because the third truth that I want to share with you here right now is this. Hark like the angels declared at that very first Christmas night. Behold, I bring you good tidings of what? There's your chance, church, to help me preach of what? Great joy for unto us a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. Woo, man, I love that. That's Christmas right there. The angels declared that first Christmas night, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Here's the thing. Ephesians 1.5 tells us this. God's unchanging plan. Now, we could camp out on that term for, for a while, but I won't. Because some of you have brunch to get to. Some of you have shopping to do. You know who you are. God's unchanging plan. He hasn't ever and will never change his mind on this. Has always been to adopt us into his own family. Listen to the rest of it. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ who is Christmas. That's always been God's plan, to bring that joy through the relationship of his son, Jesus Christ, restoring us back to the Father. And because of that, our lives should be full of joy. No matter what kind of history our family has went through or problems we've experienced or, or curses, as they say, generational curses, whatever has attached itself to our family, all of that is broken because of who Jesus is, born in a manger some 2,000 plus years ago. All of it. To bring us joy, fulfillment, purpose, life, hope, everything that we would ever have need of. Good tidings of great joy. Listen, this is why Christ came. To bring us back home to God. Back home 
to our true home. That is why Christmas is way more than a holiday. It is, if you want to write this down, a holy day that's set apart to belong to God and to us because Christ is here and where Christ is, that is always a holy place and a holy time. Home for the holidays, home for Christmas. You know, that's why Joseph and Mary ended up in Bethlehem in the first place. Have you ever noticed that part of the story? They had to go to their ancestral home, traveling from Nazareth up north and going to this little town of Bethlehem. We sing about the city of David, as we declared this morning, as it was called. Joseph was one of the many multi-generation descendants of the great King David. Even though the active royal rule of the Davidic line had stopped long ago, but still being of the line of David, Bethlehem was the destination. If you think of it in this way, it was home for Joseph and Mary in that way. Except it wasn't exactly a holiday they were going for. It was more like a government registration, a census, if you will, for taxing purpose. How many of you know the government's always going to get their share? And then some, right? <laughs> Not just their share. They're going to take all they can get. But I love how God arranged for the mighty Roman emperor to issue this decree. Just to get this little seemingly insignificant family in the right town at the right time. Bethlehem for a baby to be born. Don't you love how God puts all that together? Many, many years before any of this happened, God said, I have a plan to rescue my children. And a strange home it would be for this particular baby. The, the Bethlehem location was just right for sure. And that's where the great Messiah King ought to be born in the city of David. But as we all know very well, the circumstances are hardly fitting for such a royal divine birth. I mean, let's think about it again. We've heard it many, many times over, but I don't want to ever lose sight of this. A stable, a manger, a, basically a feeding trough is where Jesus was laid when he was born of Mary. All you parents out there, when that baby's on the way, you want the best, right? What crib is the safest? Doesn't have any lead paint. Doesn't have any contraptions that's going to hurt my little, little sweet, precious one. I want to get the biggest, the best, the brightest, whatever I can get. The, the most advanced technology. I want to get a, get a crib that can feed them and burp them and change them and do all that stuff so I don't have to do it. That's what I want from my precious little bundle of joy. But when the king of glory came to this earth in the form of a human being, he was laid in an animal feeding trough. Wow. But it's the way it's supposed to be. There was no room in the Holiday Inn. <laughs> all they had was the stable out back, the Lord of all the earth, born in such humble circumstances. Poor and lowly, far beneath his Station, for in fact, this is God's own son lying in that manger surrounded by animals and shepherds. Let this sink in today, church, like you've never heard it before. Christ left his home in heaven to make his home here among us. Among us less than perfect people for sure. I mean, let's face it, among us sinners, the people who can put on a cheery front at a party but underneath are filled with loneliness and regret and guilt. That's who he came to be with. And this is why Christ came. And this is why Christmas is a holy day. Because the baby that was born in Bethlehem came on a heavenly mission to save sinners from their sin. To redeem us from our sinful ways. To set us free from the fear of death and condemnation. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 tell us, Fear not, the angel cries. 
We looked at this a moment ago, but I got to read it again. Fear not, the angel cries, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Would you just let that word, all the people, saturate your heart right now? It's not just for us church folks. Jesus came for everybody out in the streets and the highways and the hedges and the, and the byways and the, and the faraway lands and the, those that live across the street. He came. This good news was for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Whoo, that's Christmas. That's who has arrived this baby Jesus wrapped in those swaddling clothes like the greatest Christmas present that ever was and lying under a tree in reality, under the tree of the cross that was to come, the tree that is waiting for him to the cross, the grown-up Christ would go, the sinless one dying there for sinners of the likes of you and me and your sister and your brother-in-law and their kids and your Aunt Alice, a whole world full of sinners, full of guilt and hurt and in great need. We needed to find our way home, church, back home to God, and we could didn't get there on our own we didn't have enough gps power to get us where we needed to get to be freed and cleansed from our sins to be healed from our brokenness we could not do it but christ came to do it for us gave himself surrendered all of heaven's glory and came to earth and humbled himself to die on that tree have you opened up the gift of Christmas? The gift that is Christ Jesus. He came to get the job done and, and wow, did he ever do that. Your sins all paid for. The great credit card bill in the sky all paid up. His holy blood covers it all, wipes the slate clean. And the living room now really becomes a living room. Get this this morning, church. People joined to Christ by faith and the baptism to his resurrection from the dead and the newness of life even now. We living room people will live forever together with God at home in his forever family. Don't you love that? Look at me. You've got a family. You've got a family. Maybe you feel like you've lost your family, never had a family, don't know what family is. But I'm declaring to you today, because of who Christ is and God's everlasting plan to adopt us into his family and make us his sons and daughters, we are family, church. It's time. Time to come home to Christmas. Christ is here. This is his home and he opens it up for all of us. And he's giving out Christmas gifts. Don't you love getting gifts? How many of you already put your list in? I find it just odd and strange now that when our kids submit their list, they do it electronically. <laughs> Please forgive me, but I remember the day where we took out pencil and paper or pen and paper and wrote down, I want a bike, I want a skateboard, I want a G.I. Joe, I want a little tank, you know, you know, those kind of things. You just put those on the bottom of it. Yeah. And you handed it to your parents and said, here's my list. And I'm getting way off track here. I don't even know why I went down that road. <laughs> Except that we love getting gifts. Amen. And here's what I want you to know. The presence that Jesus comes to give us our forgiveness, our life, salvation, purpose, 
so much more for you and me. The tag has your name on it. And that's, that's the amazing thing about it. All the gifts that Jesus comes to bring us and present to us as presents to our lives, they have our name on it. Will we get those and open them up and make them our own or will we leave them under the tree of Calvary? Home for Christmas. This is it. This is what Christ came to do for you and me. To give us a home, to give us a family. And just a few quick closing encouragements that I want to leave with you. God offers us his family to be our family. I could not tell you any better thing today or any other day. That the the God of glory creator of heavens and the earth and all that is, offers us to be a part of his family. He brings us in through his love. Secondly, how about we be family to those in need? There, there are so many. I mean, look around. We've got plenty of space to, to bring more people into the family. Do, do you get that? That that's why you and I are still here? That that's why when we came to Christ and surrendered our lives and said yes to Jesus' great offer of salvation and the gifts that he brings us, that he didn't just whoop. <laughs> you know, I had to do that this month. Take us home to be with him at that moment. And the reason why is because we are to be family to those who desperately need family this year. And, and, and not just salvation, which I don't belittle that. I mean, that is the most important thing. Those people who are far away from Christ, we need to be that lifeline, that extension between Christ and them. That is our mission, church, right? To be ambassadors, spokespeople. But here's another thing I'm talking about. What about those people who have lost some family this year? What about those people that have, that have come into our church family or that we know about at work or wherever else that, that never had any family? What about those who are out there on the outskirts that seem to not not have a place to go? Can we not rally around and bring those in and extend family to them as well? I'm going to tell you something, man. I remember many, many years ago when I marched through a divorce and everything changed. All the new traditions that had been created after Granny went home to be with the Lord that I shared earlier and everything and new things that we had set up. All of a sudden, because of the, the awfulness of divorce, all that was gone. And I felt like I was lost and on my own. And I never will forget a handful of people who really love Jesus and really love me. I said, come and celebrate with us. Come and be a part of our family. Come and join us. And I can't tell you what it did to me to be able to go and sit with, with them and feel True family fellowship and connection again. Why? Because deep down we all long for home. We all long for family. So let's be family to those in need. I picture the shepherds showing up around around the manger. Shepherds didn't know Mary and Joseph from Adam's house cat, as we like to say. I don't know why. I don't know that Adam had a house cat, but that's a whole other study I, I'm not going to do. 
but, but can you go with me there to the, to the manger just for another moment and just picture these strangers coming together and all of a sudden, because Jesus is there, they are family? Never met. Didn't know each other from previous times. Didn't go to high school together. Didn't play football together. But there they are around the manger because Jesus is there. And all of a sudden, boom, family happens. That's what, that's what Jesus will do. Look at me. That's what so many people are hungry for today is home and family. And, and, and the, the last thing I want to give you is this. Family is not only blood. Because we know sometimes that does not work out, unfortunately. Heartbreakingly. But here's what I know. Thankfully, family is blood-bought. Jesus spilled his blood so that we could be connected as family. There are men in this church that have become more than just people I attend church with. They are literally family and friends to me. We are connected because of Christ. Not necessarily the same blood running through our veins, except the same blood is running through our lives. The precious blood of Jesus will make us family. Now, now here's, here's a couple things. We, we've talked about everything that God can do to heal our hurt, to cleanse us, to forgive us, to make us family, to bring us into his family and, and create that bond with us and with others. But here's what I want to close with right now. What can we do or at least try to do ourselves? <clears throat> Reach down and grab the side of your seat just for a minute because this may, this may push you off a little bit and make you want to run. But... Could it possibly be forgive someone that seems to be unforgivable? Could it maybe be go one more time to someone and try to reconcile where there's been brokenness? Could, could, it, could it just just maybe be loving others a little more than what you have been? I, I mean, let's face it, some of you are a little grumpy. Little, little Grinchy. Now we're not pointing anybody out, or you know, or, or, or naming names. I, I wouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is this: they will know we are Christians by our great Christmas decorations, right? Is it, that that's in there, right? By the great food we cook. By the wonderful music that we have? No, my Bible says they will know we are Christians by our love. So in this season of love, the greatest love ever, maybe just maybe we can be more loving and let it start at home, right? And spread everywhere else we go. Would you close your eyes with me just for a moment as we finish this time up in our service. The phrase, I'll be home for Christmas, 
once again, can evoke many different responses. It, it may fill you with a lot of nostalgia and memories and great feelings. It may fill you with a lot of pain. I, I don't know. But, but I do know that home is a place where you're supposed to belong, supposed to be safe, supposed to, to experience victory after victory. But we live in a world that isn't always safe, where everybody doesn't always feel included and where love doesn't always seem to prevail. It, it turns out that our longing for home is something that this world cannot satisfy. Every one of us was made for a deeper home. Let these words ring true in your heart as we finish this time together that Jesus himself said in John chapter 14. He said and promised this, I will not leave you as orphans. Man, what a promise. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and listen to this church and make our home with them. Folks, this is a heart of God for you. Whoever you are, both in this room and outside of this room, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, just come home. God says to you today, I just want you to come home. It's like the prodigal who left home to experience all that this world has to offer and realize very quickly it has nothing to offer except brokenness, emptiness, pain, and loneliness. And when he decided to go back home, the father, as he had done every single day, was scanning the horizon looking for his son to come back home. And that's exactly what the Father does for all of us today. So with your eyes closed for just a moment, I want to ask you in this room, there's something in you that's been missing, that, that's longing for home, that's longing for family, for connection, for real relationship with God, and with others. Something of hurt, of brokenness, of pain that you're walking through right now in this season of your life. Loneliness, emptiness, whatever it may be. A lack of joy, peace and fulfillment, whatever it is. Jesus is here to meet every need and fill you with his love and make you family. So as we close this time together, I just want to invite you. If you're struggling in any of those ways, would you just lift your hand up right now and say, Pastor, remember me in this closing prayer. I realize that's, that's me today. Yes, yes. How many others? Just raise your hands as well. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's, here's what I want us to do. About 12 or 14 that, that raised a hand and said, pray for me. We're going to pray for family and then we're going to sing and worship God and finish our time together. But I want you all to stand across this room, whether you raise a hand or not. And I want you to form prayer groups, family prayer groups, let's call them. Move around a little bit. Find six or seven or eight people, five, four, three, whatever you feel. And they don't have to be right there beside you or in front of you or behind you. You can move a little bit. If you feel compelled to go to a, a friend or a neighbor or, or someone across the room, just go. Circle up with them. 
here's what I want you to do. I want you to, first of all, understand completely that these are your family members. We are connected because of Christ. He brings us together. Understand that. Realize that. Grab a hold of that. And then secondly, I believe that every group in this room is connected to somebody who raised a hand because of some struggle going on in their lives. I just want you to pray for everybody in your group like it's them. Like that's your sister and your brother because they are in Christ. We are family. They need your prayers. We need to pray one for another as the Bible tells us to do over and over again. Pray for each other. Carry each other. Love each other. Help each other. Work with each other. Live at peace with each other. Love one another. Jesus, thank you. Give you another moment that I'm going to pray over us all. Something's happening in this room. and I believe something's happening outside to those who are watching right now. You're beginning to realize that new memories are going to be formed. That what has been, hopefully has been great. But what's to come is going to be great. I'm living proof that God can take something that's been broken and make something new, powerful, and precious. He can recreate. He can bring new family, new connection, new relationships, create new memories. Maybe some that's never been before. Maybe you've never had that, but it's coming. You take the brokenness of the moment and of the season that you're walking through, the pain of right now and heal that pain and bring you through to a brand new place and a new season of victory, of joy, of resurrection life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. God, I pray over every single person in this building, over every single person who is watching right now. I know many are struggling in many ways, God, with hurt, with heartbreak, with disappointment, God, with discouragement, with sin, with addiction, God, with guilt that's just eating them up, Lord. Just free your people today, God. Remove all of those things. That is why Jesus Christ came and gave himself up for us as a sacrifice for all who would come to the cross and repent. Thank you for that great gift of salvation, Lord, that we receive and accept your great salvation today your life for our lives. God, thank you for the peace that comes with it, for the joy that you bring to our lives, that when people ask, how are you, that we can say, great. Even in the midst of struggle, we're great. Even in the midst of pain, we are wonderful because we know you've got us in the palm of your nail-scarred hand. Thank you, Jesus. God, just sweep over us today. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Let love win powerfully in our lives. Love prevail powerfully in our homes and in our family, God. 
Lord, we as Connections Church declare this day, December 5th, 2021, that we are family and we will love one another as you have loved us. And that's the calling we have, God, to be family, to invite others to come home to family, God, who need, need family, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for these great gifts and so many more that we're going to unpack in the days ahead but right now we settle on this and we thank you for it and we call it done in Jesus name let's worship him together church in this last song this morning